be mindful of who you're talking to and the language you're using and how you're coming across to that person. Someone's having a tough day, just be sensitive, like really have that awareness of the person that you're talking to in front of you. Just keep that in mind. You know, you don't know what their journey is like and you can just show love and compassion to your fellow human beings. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. As the lens this month on the decision table, and that is humanity as stakeholders. And for me, that's there's so many variables and layers to humanity and as stakeholders at the decision table. But what does it bring up for you? Humanity, I think, look, coming down, you know, we're all individual people. And I think as long as we are authentic in ourselves, you know, we're showing, you know, up as our, ourselves and we're not showing up as someone else or who we think we need to be. I think that's the most important thing. Like what that resonates with me is just we have to be authentic to ourselves and we have to value our own integrity above all else. And I think when you're doing things out of a place of integrity and honesty, you know, we can be our best, best versions of ourselves basically. Yeah. Do you think society has created the opportunity for us to do this well? Society has has created the opportunity for us to do I, that. It's a question. I said, do you think society has created this opportunity for us to do this well or not? I think this is a bit more difficult in these this day and age. You know, I think with social media uh, as it is, I think there is so many things that people will look up and go, oh, wow, I want to be like this person or I want to be like this person. Or they'll see a a picture which has all been filtered through, you know, through Instagram or Facebook or, you know, no one takes those really raw photos anymore without filtering Mm. or double check before they upload it. You know, I don't think you get to see a lot of rawness from from people these days. It's all, you know, and I think some people are coming through and realising that they need to be more themselves. However, yeah, I think if, you know, taking social media into account, it's such a big thing. Like we're almost, we're almost more interested in other people's lives yeah. than we are in ourselves. Uh, you know, people want to say, oh, what's this person up to? What's this person up to? But are they really looking inside themselves and going, what am I doing with my life? What's my purpose? You know, what am I going to achieve in this life instead of trying to follow other groups or other people or follow what everyone else is doing on their social media account. It's like, how about I create a voice within myself? Mm. Where do you think this is coming from? I think technology, you know, it's obviously grown to where it is now. There's so many. There's always the newest app, the newest something to stay in tune with, like, oh, you know, have you joined on this app and are using this? So, look, I think we're so caught up in technology you know um, people say that people walk in with digital dementia we go to sleep on our facebook we go to sleep we wake up first thing we do we grab our phones and and that and i think it's taking away just being present in the moment and being present with our family and ourselves you know i even go to restaurants and my husband and i have a rule that we don't use our phones or we don't you know unless it's an absolute emergency Well, people are basically on their phone browsing and doing stuff instead of paying attention to the people around them, like, you know, just around you being present with your family. And, and, you know, I've got couples who are coming in, oh, my husband 
it's just on his phone all the time and it's yeah. like you're sitting next to a loved one yeah you're there physically but you're not emotionally there you're not really present in the moment you could be sitting next to them at they you'd be a million miles away yeah and and here's the thing i feel like that particular gap is widening right now like it's actually not narrowing and it's becoming such an addictive thing yeah uh, you know i i can really relate to having the husband that's on the phone all the time i'm always telling him hey babe like hello i'm here you can yeah. Put your phone to the side i'm pretty good to have a conversation with it's a real person yeah. on this other side yeah. but it's it's funny because i think there's a lot of pressures on life right now yeah you know and and it, there has been for a long time and i think that the positive of the pandemic hitting the world meant that the world had to slow down at some sort of way in life and it made people have to go well what is priorities you know how do we have to you know like what is going to be important for us as we continue to go forward i think but with that has also meant that there are many pressures so an example being that in my world i, I ran a couple of com companies but one in particular i was on meetings non-stop last year it's different this year i've made sure that it's very different this year but last year giving out massively to leadership and then also to our community and it was tiring and i saw so many leaders by the end of the year just absolutely exhausted yeah and and I think so in some ways, just like Netflix, just like the TV used to be, you know, many years ago when you switch on that channel. And yeah. it was like it's almost like it dumbs you down. It that means you don't have to think about anything else other than what's scrolling across on my my phone at that moment. And I wonder if all we are doing is going from one thing to the next thing and the phone being one of those things. Oh, for sure. I think. And last year, you know, people use internet to connect with people because there's no physical connection. You know, you can't even hug. You're not even supposed to hug your mother, you know, because she's in the, you know, senior category of over yeah. 65, you know, she's at most at risk, whatever it is, you know, the people who won't even see their parents because they'll leave food at the gate, you know, and we have to socially distance. Like humans, we love that social connection. We are intimate beings. We love to feel connected and to hug each other and to say, oh, there's no more hugging. There's no more, you know, you can't even, you know, talk to, to someone within, you know, a meter and a half. You know, I think that has made a real, a real realization to mm -hmm. just how much that physical touch and, you know, and the close human connections that we've missed out on, you know, technology being on Zoom, you can't be on Zoom all day. You know, I, I'm sure businesses have, I'm glad it's it's being used that way and people who are online, you know, at least they can see people, but we still need to go back to, you know, just human touch and just being connected and really feeling that. And I think a lot of people who didn't live with someone who lived on their own throughout the pandemic last year, and even now in some Crazy. countries, they're still locked down. They're so alone, you know, there's so much loneliness in the world. You know, and I think that is that's really sad. And so hopefully, you know, in the next few months that can start easing and people can go back to, you know, catching up in person and and really connecting at such a deep, deeper level because we realize through this what's important, yeah. you know.
That's an interesting thing. And, I, you know, one of the things that I did for a long time was traveling the world. And one of the things that I found in my insights of my work that I was doing in amongst culture and everything like that was I saw this epidemic hitting the world. And at that time, I was saying within leadership, and then I moved that within humanity. And that was isolation. So this was a year and a half I began writing about this before the pandemic hit the world. It's interesting because I feel like that's actually on the increase, not the decrease since the pandemic has hit. How do we get and how do we narrow that gap, I guess, from this need for us to have human connection and where the world has really escaped to isolation? And and it's almost like in a lot of the division that's being, you know, created whatever you want to say across the world as well, that that is actually meaning that even within tribes of people where maybe there was even more, you know, that connection already in there, that's actually being bought division in there as well. So how do we narrow that gap of where we know that it's so important to have human connection, yet in a lot of ways, this is not what's happening right now? I think it's about balance and look if you are able to connect with people like she said you are living with your husband your partner or your children you know if you have that already in your home like why are you still on internet and social media so much like really be present even if you need to schedule it in and go okay if you don't have a choice and you have that life of loneliness and you really can't physically be with someone because you're in lockdown that's different but if you've got that there you know, people aren't really understanding how grateful they are compared to those who are actually living a life of yeah. real loneliness. And if you've got that, you know, why not really connect and, and use that to to your potential? Because you never know what's going to happen around the corner. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen the next day. And people are like, oh, I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's a thing present. And if you've got that already there, make the most of it, you know. Like it's really brought to a lot of people's attention just how precious you know, family life is yeah. connection to love over this year. And I guess if you have, like, you know, obviously international flights aren't flying and it's hard to see your loved ones overseas, but, yeah. you know, then that would use Zoom and really touching base. So I think technology is serving its purpose, but right. we tend to overuse it for the wrong reasons. Like, you know, sure, schedule your half an hour of social media, but people are on there. Do you pick up someone's average phone? How how many times you've actually on your phone, like on average a day? It's quite scary. And what are you really doing that's productive on yeah, there? Not a lot you know? sometimes, right? No. Not a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm actually really like I'm really intentional when I pick up my phone and what I do and and things like that because I can see how like I think destructive it can be in relationships yeah. how destructive it can be I get that we need it and a lot of us work from them constantly I'm the same but I really try yeah. when when I'm walking or when I'm having conversations that unless it's like I've got an emergency in the background, the phone is there, but it is usually not even, I don't need to go near it while I'm having that conversation. I think there's definite ways in which we can put things in place to ensure that this is not a norm, you know, that we're not doing it all the time. And like you said, I think it plays a place 
and that it actually helps us to connect with others, you know, while borders are closed. I think you, you pressed on something that I find, and I know that for me personally, it has kind of been the answer to, to me getting through this season. And it sounds crazy, and I'm really grateful for my world. And I'm one of the, the very fortunate that I live in a beautiful home by the water, and I have my family with me. And so I feel absolutely grateful. And that was the piece that you brought up about grateful. And I've had to focus in, and I I was doing this before the pandemic, but I I really focused in on what I was grateful for on a daily basis, not just when I woke up, but before I went to bed at night as well. And I have to say that that has pulled me through some times where I have struggled coping with being so closed in after having the world as my oyster and being able to travel nonstop. And one of those times has been that I found really, really tricky was grieving lost ones that normally if that you heard someone was sick, you'd jump on a plane, you'd go and spend time with them. Or if they pass away, you jump on a plane and you go and hang with them, go through that sort of grieving process. And that was taken away and it's happened quite a few times since since we've had our borders all closed and i have to say it was really tricky to navigate that are you seeing things like that you know are tricky for us to navigate through this time and and what do you see other than being grateful as some solutions I think it is like it's so hard for people who don't have immediate family within, you know, the same city that they have to catch a plane. And, you know, I'm really hoping that the borders will open soon for all those that really miss family. You like, get like, well, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're all hopeful. And, you know, we can only wish and hopefully, you know, it can go back to normal one day. I don't think it's going to last forever. However, it is really, it is such a, an important time for so many to connect. Like even my own sister, I've only got one sister and she's in Singapore and she hasn't seen my wow. parents for like close to two years and I haven't seen my nieces for that long. And, you know, we do FaceTime and all that and, you know, Zoom, it's not the same as, you know, seeing them grow up, you know, and, and being with them. So, look, I think we, we do have to be grateful for our health. We have to be, for those who are healthy, yeah. we are grateful if we have family with us. So, and I think just being grateful when I do, like I myself do a gratitude journal and I'm always waking up in the morning and doing a gratitude meditation. And we also have to be grateful for things that we don't already have as well. You know, it's all part of sort of putting it out in the universe. We can be grateful for what we do have, but also putting it out there Mm. and being grateful for what we don't already have that we want to bring into our lives. So, you know, there's studies being done that, you know, if you're a grateful person, you do gratitude, you know, you do live longer and you are happier. Perfect. So, Bring yes. that on. <laughs> I like that study. <laughs> That's it, right? So, you know, it's almost like wishful thinking, but what's the alternative, you know, to, yeah. to, to not be grateful? So I think, you know, if we're all, you know, moving towards that, then we can only be hopeful and, and hope things that return to, to normal very soon. Mm. So, yeah, look, I feel sorry for a lot of those that aren't connected and have close family around. So mm. I think they just have to try to make, and that's why I think it's important for those living in that sort of areas to to try to have local community groups that you can go to, mm. you know, try to join, a, you know, a gym or a class where you are 
connected into a local community. So that's when you can get the support of other people going through the same thing with you. So we'd love to all, you know, be around close family and friends, but like you said, not everyone has that. So I think finding that support and being grateful for your close friends and um, acquaintances or whoever else that you can have that support network with is so important, both for our mental health, our happiness, and just moving through all of this, we're all in the same boat. People are going through tougher times than others. However, yeah. we're all, the whole world is living through this pandemic. Yeah. And in some ways, it because the whole world is living through it, it actually connects us as a whole world together. And I guess yeah. in some ways, this feels like, you know, instead of just being all these separate tribes trying to figure out whether and what that looks like, that we yeah. actually, as a, a global space, this is the time where we can come together as humans and actually realize, you know, how can we make sure that we're adding value to humanity going forward, knowing that we're kind of all facing very similar issues and in, in, in things across the globe. How do we how do you see us doing that more as a collective? I think we have to know where our strengths are. And I think if we play to our strengths and we find like-minded people, we can grow together in the same sort of conscious belief and being aware of, of our surroundings. Like, again, going back to being more present, you know, if we're always trying to be something we're not, we're trying to, to, to just grow ourselves instead of looking at the people around us then, you know, that, that's why people get left behind. You know, we're all on this journey together. And I think if we realise that it is, you know, we're on this journey together and if we can come together as one and try to work with compassion and love and purpose and try and bring in as many people into that circle of love and gratitude, then we can all move forward together. You know, I think just looking at the bigger picture instead of being selfish within ourselves, just try to look at the compassion for other people, what other people are going through. You know, unless you've walked in other people's shoes, I think just following your own path but trying to bring in as many people on your own path of purpose and helping as many people around you, like give as much as you can. I think this year has really taught us and last year that we need to give more. We need to be aware of our neighbours to make sure we're calling people that are lonely. You know, if we're aware of these things, I think it comes down to awareness. And if we have that awareness, you know, even if you make a small task to yourself every day, let's call someone that I haven't been in contact with or let's touch base, you know, let's see how someone else is doing, you know, really being mindful of how other people are feeling and not just even when the pandemic is over I think we should all just be doing that in general just really connecting you know and having that awareness of it could be close family member you don't even know like unless you ask them and, and really you know try to understand and try to make conversation it's all about making conversation and you're not just taking like oh you're all right yeah I'm fine as an answer it's really (laughs) digging a little bit deeper you know that's people's first response you could ask Mm -hmm. someone even like you know your supermarket checkout person will go, oh, how are you doing? Like, just as we say, oh, fine, everyone's fine. I think there's more than one word to describe fine, you know. Yeah. So you know what I always say when people say that? I'm good, I'm fine. Yeah. I go, so what does good look like for you? Yeah. They just, they almost look shocked and I'm like, I really want to know what good looks like. And then they'll start talking about it and I go, ah, that's what yeah. So, so I totally agree. And that's part of the reason we have the decision table is to have conversations, is to hear it through other people's perspectives of what we are seeing is working, but seeing also where the gaps are and then identifying what they look like. And part of that is coming as a new conversation to the table. But it's funny because in some ways what you were saying, 
it sounds so beautiful and easy in theory. We're all one. We're all going to come together at the table and we're all going to move forward because it's such a journey. I wish everyone thought like that. I wish that we could all come to the table and agree and know that we're just going to add value to humanity going forward. Reality is this is not the way it is across the globe. It really isn't. And in fact, sometimes at this moment, some of these conversations are actually uncomfortable conversations. And, you know, that's the interesting thing that I think as humans, we have to begin to listen to each other more, to see the other person across from us, you know, to actually connect, like you said, and all those things about joy, love, happiness, all those things we know are going to be beneficial, but they're not necessarily what's in play at the moment. And, and I would love to think that we can keep having these conversations and create awareness around it. But I also go, how are we going to own that ourselves so that we can not wait around for the world to catch up on this, but yeah. that we are doing it? What would you say? What, what are your and that's, and that's why I said it comes down to technology being used for both, you know, if you're doing too much on there. But this is where we can connect. The whole world is connected by the web. You know, we're all connected as one, you know, even if it's through technology, which you can reach someone in like five seconds, which we didn't have decades ago, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many new things which is making it easier for us to get our message out. Like social media can be used for amazing things. So I think that's where we can really get as many people on board and really bring that awareness to across as many people as we can through through our voice. You know, people listen to people influence. That's why they're called influencers. So, you know, they have a lot of followers and all of that. So, you know, those people in positions of influence, they can really bring as many people on board to follow that sort of oneness and connectedness through social media at the moment because obviously the borders are closed. However, it can be used for so much good as well, you know. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And that's one of the reasons that we are connecting with lots of people across the the globe to bring it and give voice to whatever that is that we need to create an awareness. One of the things, and I know we've got very limited time, so I'm really aware of this, but one question I ask everyone on the decision table as we're finishing is this question. It's funny because you brought up, I think there needs to be an awareness. I think that this is a fundamental to leadership, that we have to create an awareness, we have to get our own awareness and then as a community and then across the globe. And the next piece of that is ownership. And so uh, my question to you is, we've had a conversation today here. What are you taking from our conversation? I think you need to to own, you know, own yourself, own your decisions, whether, you know, you're making it, from whatever place that you know that you're making it from a place of love, making from a place of your unconscious, that you really are going to be grounded and realize that whatever you're saying is going to affect people, whether it's, you know, in terms of awareness, you know, whether you're saying something that's hurtful, that is going to touch someone as well, or whether you're saying something that is happy or is going to make a difference in someone's lives, that I think having that um, awareness and having that, you know, humanity is, we're all different beings, we're all individual people. And I think my takeaway would be just be mindful of who you're talking to and the language you're using and how you're coming across to that person, you know. Someone's having a tough day, you know, just be sensitive, like really have that awareness of the person that you're talking to in front of you. 
and just yeah you know, just keep that in mind you know you don't know what their journey is like and you know you can just show love and compassion to your fellow human beings yeah, I love that. And I'm taking from our conversation is that you reminded me of, of something that I talk a lot of, but I've kind of not been thinking about it so much in the last couple of weeks. And I, and you just brought it back to my awareness. And that was about the importance of using as influencers. And so for me, working with global leaders, you really bringing to the attention of using their platforms as voices. Yep. And I know a lot of my work is built around that, but I I, I really am thankful to to bring that back to my awareness of going how important that is to bring to other people's awareness because I think we do social media has we have the access to some platforms these days and if everyone was using that in better and um, more effective ways yes. the impact we can bring is just so powerful as a collective exactly and I thank you for that so thank you for being here on the decision table Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. So you just heard from an amazing woman who's very, very busy. And so I just was really thankful for her to come on. But, you know, there was one thing that I, I wanted to make sure that you understand. And that was the power of gratefulness. I think we underestimate how this is a solution to what I believe is you know, mental health is such an issue right now. And it's so clear that many of my friends, colleagues and beautiful friends are struggling with it. And I get when I've been, trust me, I, I've been in the lowest of lows that I have wanted to take my life. Yep, I have. It was many, 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 many years ago. And I've done a lot of work to get myself from that point. And I've never got back to that point ever, ever since that season in my life. And it was a season. It was a really tough season. I know what it's like to be at that cliff and want to jump off. I know what it's like to play with knives. Just ask my family. They took all the knives away from me. I know what it's like to have those pills and actually take a whole lot of them and I know what it's like not to go near those. I've been there, I've done it, and I'm not telling this because I want you to know that and feel sorry for me because it's not about this. But I want you to know when I hear things like gratefulness, it is actually a solution. And why do I say it? I, I remember when I got diagnosed with a couple of conditions through my body. And with one of those conditions, they said, there's a 1%, did you hear that? A 1% chance that I won't have depression. Knowing where I had been in that season of my life, I knew I never wanted to get to that bottom again. I never wanted depression. I would do anything that I could possibly do. And so I chose for me to be that 1%. I did everything I could think of to make sure I was that 1%. Here's the thing, I was one of those fortunate ones, I was the 1%. But I have to say to you, one of the things that I did really, really significantly and is in my daily routines every single day is this. What are the three things I, Kira Murray, are grateful for for in my last 24 hours and what are three things I'm grateful for today? That is how I start every single day. 
Do you know what? It's the day that I don't or I haven't done it till later that I realize that this hasn't been done and I missed it out. We need to focus in on what we can be grateful for. There is so much in our world. There's so much for every single one of us, whether you're going through great things. I've got so much to be thankful for. I know I am one of those people who have a lot to be grateful for in my life. Now, there was a time in my life and that was through that season where it was so hard for me to think that I could even be grateful to breathe. And that's a pretty low spot to be in. So one of the things that I did to make sure I was going to be that 1% was I would focus in on something that I was grateful for, three things in my last 24 hours, three things I'm going to be grateful for that I'm grateful for today. Do you know it's hard to be sad, upset, angry when you have gratefulness going through your DNA? Maybe just try it. If you don't believe me, that's okay, but try it. Try being grateful and angry at the same time. Try being grateful and sad. Try being grateful and feeling really hurt. They don't kind of mix with your DNA. So until it becomes such a natural piece, then you have to literally do it. And maybe you have to do it three times a day because you're feeling that low or that frustrated or that, you know, out of control. And here's the other thing that I did. So I would do that. And this is another thing. I would also say, if it was a bad day and I could feel myself feeling not so happy, I'd go, who can I reach out to today? I'd grab my phone and I'd go, who, who do I need to reach out to that I could just say hello to, that I could just maybe even see how they are? And do you know what? When I would start hearing their story, or something that was being challenging in their world, I realized I had lots to be grateful for. And I know I'm gonna hear from some of you saying, well, it's easy for you, look at you, you've got everything. Do you know what it was like when I ended up in a wheelchair and I lived with pain 24 seven? Yep, you heard it right. And when I talk about pain and they did a scale out of 10, what would your pain be at? I said a million pain tolerance and you know there's a lot of time that I've had pain and I've not complained at all because to me it's like oh, I've been through much worse than that what's the problem and I found out there is a major problem with that which is why it was so hard for me to recognize the warning bells in a lot of way to me getting to the point that my body had a fall and was triggered with pain throughout we need to listen. We need to know ourselves. We need to create awareness around what are the warning bells? What can you do? How much is enough? Don't put the limits or the, the expectations, I should say, that the world puts on you. Put expectations that are your expectations, your right capacity to be able to do whatever that is you're meant to do. And gain ways in which you can make steps forward. It was really important for me to see that I wasn't always going to be stuck in this spot here. 
but that I could keep moving on on that piece. So I encourage you to be able to do that, to put some of these things in place, the gratefulness, what are your three things that you're grateful for in the last 24 hours? What are the three things you're grateful for in the next 24 hours? And then when you're at that lowest, lowest point as well, that instead of, oh, this feels bad. Oh, well, look what's happening. You actually instead reach out to someone else. And it's amazing how good it feels when you know, even though your world might be chaotic, you've still got something in your hand that can help somebody else. So I hope you enjoyed the decision table. You know, it was an amazing talk with Ali and, you know, there were some really great insights and I know they'll be beneficial for you as well. All right, see you soon. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.